We are continuing our look at the armor of God, and um, as we look at what the uh, uh, Scripture says about the resources that God has given us, this is so important because whether we recognize it or not, and I think most time we recognize it, we are living through a battle. Life is uh, uh, many things. We call it a journey. Uh, you know, we, we call it an experience, but it is a battle. If we know the Lord, if we've trusted in the Lord, um, the enemy is always going to come against us. And many times that enemy is us. It's our own heart. It's our own sinful flesh that uh, uh, battles against what we know is right. Um, uh, but it's not only us, but we, we know that there is an enemy in this world. Um, there are s- spiritual forces in high places, and, and there is a, a, a society and a culture around us that uh, we are constantly in, in conflict with because we live in a fallen world. Um, and, and so even though we are in this battle and we feel it, we feel it uh, uh, in, inside of ourselves. we feel it in our relationships, we feel it uh, in, in our bodies, in everything that we face, we thank God that God has given us resources to stand against it, to overcome, uh, to make it through. Uh, because like we saying, God is mighty and he cares uh, and desires us to make it through these things. And so we've looked at the scripture in Ephesians, uh, which gives us uh, the outline uh, that we can take uh, to face this battle. So we pick it up in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 10. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places." Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. So he has explained uh, several areas that we can put into effect in our life, which he calls the armor of God. And these are things that guard us. These are things that protect us. These are things that that help us get through uh, the battles uh, for our life. We've looked at, uh, first of all, the thing that holds everything together, which is the belt of truth. We talked about that we need to 
begin to stand upon the truth uh, in our life, and that is going to pull everything together. Um, it, it is that belt that holds everything up, but we need to decide uh, what truth we are choosing. Um, the truth is not what we think is true. It's not what we want to be true. It's not how we feel. It's not uh, uh, what we can touch and see, um, and it's not what other people say, but the truth is what the Word of God brings us because it is the only truth that goes beyond uh, even what we can experience uh, by uh, uh, scientific uh, examination uh, or even emotional uh, experience because it is the truth that is given us from the very one who created everything. And so, therefore, it is the only truth that we can rely on. It's the only truth that is not going to change underneath us. It's the only truth that's not going to be shifting so that we find ourselves trying to catch up and pull everything together. But when we begin to put our life uh, founded on the truth, um, we find that there is uh, sturdiness, there is a, a connection that holds everything together. The second thing that we talked about was the breastplate of righteousness. And this is what guards all of our important organs. It, it, it guards our heart. It, it guards um, everything um, uh, that we desire and everything that would pull us away. And the righteousness that we're talking about is not being good, but it is the righteousness of Christ. It is beginning to uh, put our heart on Christ. When we begin to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our spirit, then God is the one that protects us. See, until we understand a passion for God, then the things of this earth, those passions and desires are always going to pull us away. Uh, we're always going to give in to things that may not necessarily be the best for us. They may look like it. They're very deceiving. They're very um, uh, 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 trick, uh, tricking to our, our minds. And what seems best for us um, is not what's best. But when we have a passion for God, we can trust that God is going to guard us. That God will begin to put his righteousness in us. Uh, that as we put on Christ, um, we are guarded uh, from all those uh, uh, things that we struggle with in our heart. Uh, last week we looked about at the shoes, and the shoes are what make us stand firm. Um, we know if you've played football, if you've wrestled, if you've played any kind of sport, your footwork is one of the, the key things. Because if the enemy can get you off balance, when you are off balance, you are at the mercy of who you're fighting against. Once you lose your feet, you're dead. And so God says you need to put on shoes of readiness. The shoes of readiness help you to stand strong. And what makes you ready? It says that the readiness comes from the peace of God. You see, when you know the peace of God, when you have settled the issue in your heart that God is more important than anything, when I have the peace of God, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me, I am, I am balanced. I have my feet under me because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it may not be understood, but, but the peace of God, knowing that I'm right with God and that God has my back and that God is the one who is fighting for me, then I can stand firm. The last bit of armor that we're going to talk about today that we actually wear uh, 
uh, because then there's two pieces that we use um, uh, as, as uh, uh, defense and offense. But the last one that we wear, today we're going to look at, it says, to put on the helmet of salvation. So this will finish our armor that we wear, that we need to not only guard our heart, um, and, and we need to not only guard our feet uh, and, and our belt, but we need to, probably more important than anything, we need to guard our mind. Because how many know everything starts with a thought? Before you can do it, you got to think it. Uh, and how many know that it is in our thought life that, that many times our struggles start? Every temptation, every uh, uh, lust, every anger, every bitterness, every unforgiveness all starts from what we're thinking about. Um, and, and so God is saying you need to guard your mind more than anything. We need to put on the helmet to guard our mind. And, and of course, even in a battle, the most important thing uh, is, is your head. You know, you can get stabbed, you can get sliced in any other place and keep on fighting. If you get knocked in the head, you're out. I, I mean, it, it'll just, uh, uh, you're either knocked out or you're dead instantly. So our, our mind is one of the most important things that we need to protect, we need to guard, and we need to control. And so he says, what does that is you need to put on the helmet of salvation. So salvation is what guards our mind. Now, here's the problem. We misunderstand that term. Uh, just like all of these, we need a deeper understanding because we, we take it in the wrong way. And so the first thing I want to look at is understanding what salvation is not, okay? This is a problem. Many times we uh, think of salvation in a way that... Uh, causes us uh, to be off guard because if we think of salvation in one way we are not protected in another because we just let our guard down uh, and we think we're protected we think we're saved we use that word saved and so therefore because I'm saved um, we don't even think about it anymore and yet many times when you think you're saved we are far from it so the first thing I, I want to just go through real quick is first of all um, Salvation is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Many times that's how we think of salvation, that God just forgives me, that it's forgiveness. Salvation is forgiveness. And don't we say that? We say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Therefore, I'm saved. No, that's not salvation. There are a lot of people that ask for forgiveness um, that are not saved because you know what they want? They just want to escape the consequence. And you know what? When we're in trouble, we always say we're sorry. When you are facing something, it's a natural tendency. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. You may not be sorry in the least, but you are in the moment sorry to do whatever you have to to escape that situation. Well, there are times with God when we have come to God, when we have been, we have been confronted with who God is. The holiness and glory of God brings us to a place, oh God, forgive me, because we recognize that I'm in trouble, because I am not what, what I should have been. And so therefore, many times, we think a moment at the altar, when we come to God and say, God, forgive me, and Jesus, you died for me, I believe, and, and somehow we walk away thinking, okay, I'm forgiven. Whew. Whew. 
You know, we hear a, a sermon about hell. Ooh, I don't want to go there. God, forgive me. And yet salvation is not God just forgiving you so that you don't have to go to hell. It is not God just forgiving you so that um, you don't have to face the consequences of your own sin. It is, it is not just a God who uh, uh, saves you out of the trouble that you got yourself in again. Okay, one more time. Okay, I take you out. Go on out there again. He is not just a God who forgives us and sends us on our way. That's not salvation. In fact, that's not what Jesus came to do. It's also not, um, it's not playing for a different team. Well, you know what? I used to be one way. Now I'm just going to be on God's team. Okay, God, I'm on your team now. Um, and, and now we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, live for you. It's not just changing philosophy. You know, okay, now I'm going to live by the teachings of Jesus. You know, I used to uh, just be on my own, or I used to believe in some other religion, or I used to follow, and you know what, oh, I like this religion better. I'm, I'm going to be a Christian. Yeah, that sounds even better. It is not just switching teams, and yet many times that's what we do. Oh, Jesus, I like you. You know, we, we just like what Jesus talks about. Man, that, that's, I'm going to follow this guy. You know, a lot of people did that when Jesus was here. It said that, that crowds followed him because, you know what, he was a cool guy. He loved them. He was nice to them. He fed them out of nothing. I want to hang out with this guy. When they were sick, he healed them. Wow, I want to be with that guy. And, and, and many times that's what we are. We're just following uh, the, that uh, uh, thing that, that seems to give us what we want. We're playing for a new team. Uh, maybe we're tired of, of our old life. And so we just want something new. And so Jesus is there. And we do it pretty good. And we kind of like it. And we follow the teachings of Jesus. And you know what? You can do that. And, and, and you can be part of a church and a family and never be saved. Because salvation is not what philosophy you live by. It's not a, a way of life. It's not um, uh, having a, a new goal and, and coach that you follow. That's not salvation. It's also not, salvation is not having an emotional or spiritual breakthrough. Man, Jesus, you're like the best therapist I've had. You know, my life has just been, oh, I've dealt with stuff, and I've come to Jesus, and whew, I just feel so much better. You know, after a Sunday at church and, and good worship and, and the word encourages me, I feel like, okay, good. We kind of get a new uh, goal, and, and, and we just uh, have a good cry and, and sometimes we'll come and just have a good emotional time. That's not salvation. It's not being spiritual. Some people love being spiritual. You know what? Uh, uh, they, they, they do the spiritual thing and, and they talk real spiritual and they love talking about the, the Bible and, and um, uh, everything. But it's just about kind of a, an emotional uh, therapy. That's not salvation. So what is salvation? This is what Jesus said. In John chapter 3, we know the story of Nicodemus came to Jesus and was basically saying, Jesus, what are you all about? What is this thing? And Jesus answered him and said, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again. See, it's, it's, it's not about being forgiven. 
It's not about following a new path. It's not about having an emotional uh, uh, release. It is about a new birth. It is a complete rebirth. Later on, he, he, he described that rebirth in this. A few verses here, we know this famous verse, 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son, that whosoever believeth in him will never die but have eternal life. So it is through Jesus that we have that new birth. But it is the new birth that makes a difference. It is Jesus who brings a new life to us. In 2 Corinthians, this is how he puts salvation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So what is salvation? It is being renewed. It is a regeneration. It is a complete change of life. Did you see those words? The old is gone and the new has come. Salvation is about a complete surrender and change and transformation of who you are. The word renewed means that that we are changed. And, and, And so it is not that I am forgiven I am changed. It is not that I have a, a new direction. I am a totally different person. I don't have an emotional ch- uh, uh, breakthrough. I receive new emotions. But for that to happen, there has to be a complete surrender that I allow Jesus. So when it says anyone who believes in Jesus, that belief is a Statement of surrender. Jesus, I give you the authority to completely change me. Therefore, I can't hold on to anything. I cannot continue in my old ways. I cannot uh, see myself as the same person. And so salvation is having our mind renewed. So to put on the helmet of salvation is to say, God, I pray that you will give me a new mind. I can't continue to think these ways or I'm not saved. And I know this is hard because that's why Jesus said there are going to be many Christians that come up to me and say, but Jesus, we did all this for you. And he said, I never knew you. You never gave me the permission to direct your life, to become your life. That everything you live, this is how uh, Paul put it. He says, I have crucified myself with Christ. I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. If we are saved, is Christ living in us? Is everything you do no longer yourself, but it is Christ? And that means that you consciously, it's not something, it is not like the enemy does. When we have demons, we see the devil, there is possession There is demonic possession. This is not about possession. This is about renewal, that God, you will give birth to a new life in me. See, you're not just possessing my old body. You are not just controlling me, but I am becoming like you. 
I am giving myself to become like you. And it is when we renew our mind that God begins to guard our thoughts. God begins to put that barrier around that the enemy can no longer attack us and have power over us by controlling our minds. So how do we do this? How do we renew our mind uh, so that we experience salvation? Okay, so you notice that salvation has nothing to do with heaven or hell. God is not concerned. Hell was not even created for mankind. It says that hell was created for the demons and for the angels that, that Lucifer um, uh, pulled away from God. But it is only in our choice of rejecting God that we are separated from God and, and uh, uh, by forfeit we are finding ourselves in that place of separation which we call hell. So salvation has nothing to do with that. Salvation is about a transformation that God loves us enough that he has a better plan for our life. I didn't create you in this broken way, and so I have sent my son to pay the price and to make it possible for you to be uh, uh, rescued out of the brokenness and that you can be made new. So when we begin to put our trust in Jesus, what we're saying is, God, I want to be a better person. I want to be the way I was meant to be. And so I'm going to trust Jesus to do it because he's the one that paid the price and died for me so that I might be a new person, that I may begin to experience salvation, which means new birth, new life, and renewal. So when we think about that, here's what we have to do. Salvation has three parts. There are three areas of salvation. Um, the first one that we need to put in our mind is the salvation that happens in the past. Okay? It happened the moment that we accepted Christ, the moment we wanted Jesus to lead us. Not the moment you asked him to forgive you, not the moment you felt bad enough you needed some, but the moment you truly desired to have the life that Jesus offers us. When you truly accepted that and surrendered to that and desired it and fell in love with Jesus, then in that moment, you were saved. You experienced a positional salvation. Okay? So from that moment, you were saved. Okay? There was salvation. Um, in other words, God changed you immediately. How many know that many of we look, but I didn't really change a whole lot? Because there's three parts of us too, right? How many know we have our spirit, we have our soul, and we have our body, okay? There's the physical part of us, there's the mental part of us, and then there's the spiritual part of us. Um, the, the past, the thing that immediately experienced salvation was your spiritual part. That Jesus immediately um, uh, changed who you were in your spirit. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is what it says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. So he made us alive. He immediately brought our spirit back to life. In other words, we were disconnected from God, we immediately, we were connected back to God. We were plugged back in, okay? Uh, and not only that, but it says, 
and he raised us up with him, and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, how many know we're not in heaven right now? So what does it mean that he lifted us up, he seated us? He's saying that you immediately became a son of God. So your position, your label was immediately changed. And so what we need to do, uh, if we are to uh, put on the helmet of salvation, is that we need to accept our position. We need to acknowledge that I am no longer myself, but I am now a son of God. I don't feel like it. I still struggle with stuff. But you know what? I believe the promise of what God said. If God said it, then I believe it. We need to begin to walk in confidence. So the first thing that we put in our mind is we need to develop a confidence that God has changed us, that I am no longer the same. Now, I still look the same. Sometimes I still feel the same. Unfortunately, sometimes I still act the same. But I'm believing that God has set me up at the right hand of Jesus and that I am now a son of God. So this is nothing more, but I need to have confidence. We have got to begin to develop confidence and believe that Jesus has set us free. No matter what we see on the outside, we've got to put that in our mind, okay? So we begin to guard our thoughts by having confidence of who we are. You need to know who you are. You know what? When you know who you are, then it you know what, if I'm a son of God, I shouldn't do that. It affects how I begin to respond in my life if I know who I am. People, you need to begin to know that what you are doing is not worthy of who you are. The more you believe in who you are, the more God will have the ability to change who you are becoming. Okay, you got that? In other words, a baby is born, but that baby is not in the final place. He doesn't look like me. I was once a baby. I did not look like this. It was probably better back then than now. But how many know, but at that moment, I was already a son of my family. We have to believe that we need to begin to be Christians that begin to put on the helmet that I am a son of God. Not because of anything I did, but because of Jesus. So we need to begin to live in that past, and that has already happened it has already happened. It is nothing that changes now. I have believed in Christ. I trust in Christ. I desire more of Christ. And therefore, I am a son of God. And we need to get that in our brain. And we need to let that begin to change our focus, our thinking, our direction, our purpose, our motivation. But it's not just what happened in the past. Okay, Many times, that's where people stop. And because they stop there, they never change, and they never experience full salvation, okay? Because salvation was not just a one-time thing. It is also a present thing. In other words, it's progressive. Salvation was not a moment. It was the beginning of a journey. Salvation is something that we continue to experience every day. It's not I was saved. I was saved, but I am also being saved, Okay, so even though I was saved, thank God, I am now a son of God, but now, now I got to grow up. Now I have got to progress 
that salvation. So I need to say every day, I need to put on my mind, I need to be saved today. Every day, I need to wake up and say, God, save me a little bit more. And I begin to think on these things, and I begin to give God my mind that I might be saved. This is what Philippians says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Okay? Every day, I need to say, God, I need the mind of Jesus. It's no longer me. If I'm going to be saved, it's no longer me. It's Jesus. So therefore, Jesus, I give you my mind today. I pray that you will take care of my thoughts. You're going to take this. It says, have this mind that is in Jesus. And then, it, then he talks about Jesus for several verses. It says, have this mind which is the mind of Christ. And then he explains how Christ has done all these things for us. And then he finishes by saying, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we see that salvation, it says we are to work out our salvation. That does not mean you earn it. It doesn't mean do good enough so that you can be saved. When he says work out your salvation, it says you are already saved, but now you got to work it out. Okay, you've been given this, now, now let's grow in it. Now let's, let's learn how to use it. Let's begin to put it into practice. When he says work it out with fear and trembling means you have such a desire. God, I'm going to put this helmet on my mind. God, give me the mind of Christ and here's another scripture. It says, take every thought captive unto the knowledge of Jesus. Because you know when those thoughts come in your mind that are, that are wrong thoughts, that are not the mind of Jesus. We need to take it th captive. We need to acknowledge, God, I'm struggling. This is not the thought I need to have. And we need to pray. And we need to turn it over to God and say, God, I need you to control my mind. And there is a surrender and there is a conscious effort of saying, God, I need to work this out. I need to work out my salvation. You know what? When I get angry and things come out of my mouth and I blow it, I need to immediately repent and say, God, that was not the mind. God, forgive me. God, continue to work on me. And we need to constantly work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So it is a progressive thing, and it deals with perseverance. That means every day I need to persevere. Because I'm not saved yet. I'm progressing in it. I'm getting better in it. If you're not getting better, if you're not growing the Lord, then you're not experiencing salvation. Because salvation was not just a one-time thing. It is something that is progressive. And you need perseverance. Now, perseverance is different from patience. Patience is just waiting. Okay, I'm waiting. Whew. Perseverance means I'm pushing forward. I'm persevering. I'm pushing forward. I'm going to do better every day. So put on, and you see, if you have this mind that you, are, you have a goal, you are reaching for Christ, the enemy is not able to take control of your mind if you are focused on becoming like Christ. And that's a conscious effort. You've got to consciously uh, uh, Make that effort to have the mind of Christ. Jesus, what would you do right now? Jesus, what would you be thinking if this was you? And that means we consciously get in the word. That means we constantly share with one another. It means we constantly 
stay in prayer with God. That's how we grow the mind of Christ within us. And that is how we persevere through this life. Well, that's not the only experience of salvation. There is also the future salvation. It says that we're not saved yet. Many people, yes, we're saved in Jesus. But the Bible says, no, you haven't received your salvation yet. Yes, we've already been positionally changed. We are children of God. And yes, we are progressing, but that's not the end of what God wants for you. Do you know that God wants more from you than just this life? We have something so much better. That is our salvation. It is what God has promised. See, we have not experienced yet what God has promised for us. In 1 Thessalonians, he says this, So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and the same words, having a helmet, which is the hope of salvation. So here it says it's not the helmet of salvation, it's the helmet of a hope for salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God's plan is for us to obtain salvation. We haven't got it yet. He's only started. There is a salvation that we have yet to receive if you will keep pushing towards it. See, the question is, are we willing to reach for the prize? And that means in our mind, we need to begin to focus on what God has promised for us and let that be our joy. What gives you joy in life? See, what gives you joy in life is what you're looking forward to. Ooh, I can't wait for the weekend and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this. I can't wait till vacation and we're gonna do this. If that's your only joy and hope, you're very weak and you're going to be frustrated and you are going to struggle in life. But when we put our hope in God, in what he has promised, that there's a salvation that God has for me a new body. There is a new body that I am going to receive one day that I will be completely saved. Thank God for his promises, which are going to be so much better than this world. So we need to begin to, in our mind, we need to live in the hope of God. Stop just focusing on what feels good now. There's going to be something that feels a lot better then. And it is kind of dumb to lose what is going to feel great then for something that is only going to feel good for a short time now. And yet that's what we're doing. We need to put on the helmet of salvation, the helmet of a hope of salvation. That my hope is bigger than anything that the devil can offer me. You see, is our hope bigger? Or do we give in to all the other offers that come our way? Ooh, that looks so good. That only looks so good because you've forgotten your hope. When you truly know your hope, you are not going to forfeit that by taking a chance on something else. The problem is we don't truly have our hope in Christ. When we begin to put on the helmet of hope, the promise of salvation that Jesus is going to give us, when we begin to have confidence 
of who I am in Christ, when I begin to have perseverance to become more like him every day, and when I begin to have hope in what he is going to do, all of those things begin to cover my mind. They begin to guard against the thoughts that would destroy us. And so I ask you, here's the thing. Are we putting on the helmet of salvation? Is your mind covered? Are you really protected? Or are the thoughts of the enemy killing you? Are the thoughts of the enemy uh, the weapons that are just beating you up and you are losing the battle for God? You know why? Because you need to put on the helmet. You need to put on the guard around your head and let God begin to protect you and make you strong so that now you can face anything. You know, it's kind of like going out and playing in the NFL and you're the one guy out there without a helmet. Not going to work very well or it's going to be very painful. But give me a helmet and you become a beast, right? All of a sudden the fear is gone because you got your helmet. Um, you begin to be able to have more confidence. You begin to, to work uh, with, with, with uh, 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 perseverance and, and energy because you've got your helmet on. The helmet is what begins to make you a different person. Our helmet is the salvation of Christ. Have you given Christ your mind? Have you taken on the mind of Christ that I'm going to let him decide my priorities, my desires, my thoughts? And when you do that, you're going to find your life one of excitement because now you can play the game of life knowing that you are the conqueror. So are you allowing the mind of Christ to renew and guard your mind? And really the question is, are you saved? Because saved is not what you thought it was. Saved is a new change, a new life. It is Jesus making me born again. And that starts in the mind. And so when I begin to surrender and take the mind of Christ, I find salvation. It is salvation that then gives me confidence and peace and joy and power and protection and the ability to experience life to its fullest. Let's put on the helmet of salvation because this is what Jesus died to give us. He died to give us the ability to cover our mind. Are you saved today? Jesus offers it. It's free of charge. Come and take it. Surrender and let him renew your mind today. Let's bow our heads. So here's the great thing about salvation. Even though it's the past, present, and future, it's not those other things, but when we put on the helmet of salvation, here's the great thing. You do get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Here's the awesome thing. When you truly experience true salvation, you are forgiven. No questions asked. God is good. And you know what? Here's the other thing. You do play for another team now. We are on the winning team now. You see, now you're on a team with a great Savior, with one who has our back. Uh, he's the one now blocking in front of us. You don't have, he makes holes bigger than any lineman can ever make. Any of us can run through. We have a great team. And you know what? 
We have a God who does give us emotional and spiritual breakthroughs that now we have wholeness. So when we put on the helmet of salvation and we truly allow God to move in us, even though those other things are not the source of it, they are the benefit of what we get in Christ. And so above all people, if we know Christ and are surrendered to him, we have the greatest benefits of anyone. So let's go out and let's be the people that are covered by the armor of God, covered by the breastplate of righteousness, belted up with the truth of God, shod by the peace of God on my feet and the helmet of salvation on my head. Who can beat us now? Amen.